Thank you for joining us for the Word and Spirit podcast. Let me remind you to check out the RGM website for news, updates, and free downloads. Now, let's go to Reverend Randall Greer. Scriptures, I start sharing. I'm going to share parts of my testimony tonight. Not all of it, because it would, we'd be here for about six hours to share the whole thing. Does anybody ever get to see Daystar TV Network? They start. Anyway, there's a documentary that plays and runs on there all over the world that tells my life story, that goes through all that, and it, we run it all over the world periodically and uh, minister to people through that and some other TV and, and radio outreach also. So you may see the whole thing on there. But in Mark chapter 5, there's a story here that I call the Madman of Gadara. We're not going to read the whole story for the sake of time. But you can, it was a man that lived in the graveyards. He ran around with no clothes on, and he cut himself with stones. He was so supernaturally empowered by demons that they could take these chains and chain this man, and the, he could break these chains loose. And the Bible says no man could tame him. In other words, no man could help him. No man. It's supernatural. It is supernatural. We got Michael back there, so keep an eye on him. Amen. But it is supernatural. But no man could help him. No man could turn the things around. But God, the Lord Jesus Christ, came walking down the road where this man was at one day, realized he was demon-possessed, cast the devils out of him, got him set free in his right mind. And this man had never experienced this joy and happiness in all of his life. And he wanted to go and be with Jesus, but Jesus wouldn't allow him to. Let's look at Mark 5, verse number 18. It says, And when he was come to the ship, speaking of Jesus and his disciples, said he that had been possessed with the devil, now he's totally set free, prayed him or asked Jesus that he might be with him or stay with him. Verse 19 said, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not or would not allow him to, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to publish into Capitalists how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. What happened? He called him into the ministry. Isn't that right? Jesus called this man in the ministry. Well, the same thing almost happened to me. On my third escape from prison, driving down the road in Galveston, Texas, I had a supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Has anybody ever heard of the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul at one time was a murderer, a murderer of Christians. And he was on his way to go murder people on the road to Damascus. And suddenly Jesus Christ appeared to him on the road to Damascus and they sung that song over him. What song? You know the song. They sung it over the Apostle Paul. Am I going to blow up anything if I step down here? But they, they, they sung that song over the Apostle Paul. Remember what that song was? This is the song. Another one bit the dust. That's the song they sung over him because he fell down to the ground when Jesus showed up. It don't matter how big you are and how bad you are when you meet Jesus or even how good you are and how royal you are when you meet Jesus, you're going to fall to your knees because you're going to recognize him as God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and he is going to change your life. 
That's exactly what happened to me on my third escape from prison, driving down the road in Galveston, Texas, uh, the first week of May of 1982. I had a supernatural encounter with Jesus. At that time in my life, when I had this encounter with him, I would have laughed at you if you'd have tried to tell me it was a Bible, was a book that God had wrote. I thought it was a fairy tale book that somebody wrote trying to make me be good and I was in full blown rebellion and you're not going to make me obey that book but uh, after I met Jesus in Galveston, Texas in 1982 they sung that same song over me another one bit the dust but let me tell you how I got to that point believe it or not I started off in what we would call a Christian home Aunt Rosie used to take me to Gentian Baptist Boulevard. It was Gentian Baptist Boulevard. It was actually Gentian Boulevard Baptist Church. So I went to Gentian Baptist Church. I can see myself right now as a little toddler. Aunt Rosie would come by and pick me up. That's before my daddy and mama started going to church. Aunt Rosie was my daddy's uh, older sister. And she would come by and get me. There was four of us youngins, five actually, uh, but uh, four, five of us youngins, and Aunt Rosie, I don't know, we call it in the country, took a hankering to me. Is that good country talk for city folks? But she took a hankering to me, and, and you know, somehow or another, as a little child, and she said the rest of the kids got more attention, and she wanted to come by, and, and, and she'd take me with her to different places. And I remember, I can see myself right now, walking down the sidewalk outside of Gentian Baptist Church on Gentian Boulevard in Columbus, Georgia. I can see even at that time that God was trying to direct my steps as a little boy. God was trying to deal with me as a little boy. God was trying to make himself real to me as a little boy. And many of us can have experiences if we look back and see where, how God dealt with us. Now, at the time, I didn't understand it all. But Aunt Rosie would take me to Gentian Baptist, and I found out about Jesus. I knew, you know, about the salvation prayer, because if you're going to the Baptist church, you're going to confess and know about the Roman road to salvation. You're going to know that Roman road. You say, where is that Roman road? Well, we're in New Mexico, so you're not in Rome, so you've got to find the New Mexico road. But anyway, but, but it was the Roman road to salvation. You've you got to first find out you're a sinner. Then you've got to know that you need the Lord. Then you've got to know that you confess Jesus as your Lord with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you'll be born again. And so I started off kind of the right way. But as I grew up, I started hanging around. The Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. And so I started hanging around folks that, that wasn't trained like I was. In fact, one of my best friends was Randy Cotton. And his mama had a 66 Chevelle. And them things were popular back in those days. Now, it wasn't a race car to her, but it was to us. You know what I mean? It had this, uh, I think that thing had a 327 Chevrolet engine because it was a Chevrolet Impala, and it was a standard shift. And so Randy, he, had, he was 16, and so he could get that car. And so he would go by and, and pick me up uh, and then go by and pick up his, uh, his cousin, Billy. Billy Cotton was real big. He was older than us. And we'd take Billy down to the whiskey store and the beer store to buy us beer and whiskey and then go drop him off, you know, because he'd have went to jail if I'd have caught him back in them days especially. So anyway, 
I remember the first time I was introduced to alcohol. I mean, I do nothing about it, hadn't been around it, and I wondered what in the world is going on? What in the world is happening? What got me in this situation and mess that I'm in? And so, we're driving down the road. Billy Cotton is sitting in the front on the passenger side. Randy Cotton is driving this 66 Chevelle, and I'm sitting in the back. And they started drinking this stuff, and they, it, it, the name on the bottle, I could see that, was called Southern Comfort Whiskey. The biggest lie they ever told about the comfort part. There wasn't no comfort in it. But they was drinking it up there, and they was drinking it, you know, and it smelled real sweet. And I had never drank any before, and, and, or nothing, because, I mean, Daddy would have killed us if he'd even known I was in the car with it. I mean, I wouldn't be here today. I mean, just sing that song over me. Another one bit the dust. It'd be over. In fact, if Mama had left Daddy alone, I'd have never spent 10 years of my life behind prison bars. You know why? Because Daddy'd probably kill me. Because he believed in getting the beating the devil out of you. They used to believe that, you know what I mean? Just beat you till the devil left you. I mean, there was something about it. He would leave you after a while. You know, Daddy, you know, I'd tell Daddy, I can't, I can't, I can't. But he'd take me out behind the woodshed. And after we left that woodshed, I could. I could. I'm telling you, you apply the, the Board of Education to the seat of learning. I mean, it makes you smart in a hurry. I mean, you get intelligent. I mean, back in those days, young folks, I don't know if you know, we used to get paddled at school. They used to paddle us. Our teacher used to paddle us. Our teacher did. Now, if you tried that today, they'd sing that song, wouldn't they? Be, another one bit the dust. But that, they used to do that. You didn't smart mouth the teacher. You didn't say anything. You didn't disrespect the principal. You didn't say anybody. I mean, I got some licks, and if Coach Landing... Coach Landing, his name is L-A-N-D-I-N-G, last name. He had him a big paddle with holes drilled in a board. And he believed in applying that board to the seat of learning. And he would call us in this room, and he would lift us up off that floor. I mean, I seen boys crying because them licks hurt so bad. So anyway, I sure didn't want Daddy to know where I was at, the situation I was in. But... Here, I'm driving down the road in the car in this 66 Chevelle, remember? And Randy and uh, Cotton and Billy Cotton, their cousins, they're passing this stuff around, and Randy started hollering back there at me. Come on, drink some of this. You can forget your problems. He said, you're sad all the time. The reason I was sad because I was backslid. I got away from God. I mean, I grew up knowing about God, but I got away from him. I said, no, I, I ain't messing with that. So they started laughing at me, making fun of me. Oh, you're just scared, you know. You're just scared. You ought to drink some. So I said, well, let me see it, you know. And I, I took the thing, you know, and read it. It said Southern Comfort Whiskey, 100 proof. You know what I mean? Comfort part's a lie part. The 100 proof didn't mean nothing. I didn't know how you'd done all that. I, you know, there was a bunch of moonshiners in my family, but I'd kind of been protected from them, you know. But uh, there was moonshiners, you know, done the moonshine and all that stuff. I got a cousin that still does it today. In fact, I, my sister's funeral, I preached her funeral, and he was there. He said he had a 500-pound steel running right then. So we'll get in the spirit real quick if we go to my cousin's. But, <laughs> but it's a fur piece from here. It's over in Georgia. So I smelled of this Southern Comfort whiskey. Now, I'm talking, this is a long way from Jesus, but I'm telling you how I got to him. I smelled of it, and it smelled real sweet. 
Who in here has ever smelt the smell of Southern Comfort whiskey? We got him, get his picture, got one back in the sound booth. We got him. He's, I mean, he may have a bottle back there. We need to check him out right now. <laughs> anyway, he was raising his hand up high, Southern Comfort. But you smell of it, you know what? And it smells real sweet. I mean, it kind of smells like candy in a way. And so I didn't know how they was drinking it. I thought you drank it like you'd drink what we call in the South a Coca-Cola. You know, Coca-Cola was invented over there. So when you went to the store to get, what do y'all call it here, pop or soda? Okay, soda. Well, over there, everything is a Coca-Cola. Let's go to the store and get a Coca-Cola. That doesn't mean you're going to get a Coca-Cola. You might get a knee-high orange. You know what I mean? But, but you just you say, let's go get a soda. Well, over there, they say, let's go get a Coca-Cola. Because Coca-Cola was invented right in Columbus, Georgia. Then they set their plants up in Atlanta, Georgia. And, oh, it was a mess. But anyway, they had Coca-Colas up there, and they was drinking it. They called it chasing it. You know, they drank a sip out of that Southern Comfort, and then they drank a cola, Coca-Cola behind it. I didn't know all that. It just smelled sweet. I know you're supposed to drink it like you drink a soda. You understand what a soda is? So I just turned this thing up because it said Southern Comfort. And I gulped about half of it down. You know what I mean? Because it was a pint bottle. Might have been a half pint, but it was a small bottle, you know, wasn't a giant thing. And I turned it up and drank about half of it. Well, it took a while for it to go from here down to here, but when it got around about here, I knew I had consumed too much already. I mean, I was a gagging and a coughing and a spitting and a carrying on. My God. And they were laughing at me, and it hit the bottom. Woof. And it was a hundred full hundred proof. It was the high test stuff. And it was said, Southern Comfort. They lied. There wasn't no comfort to it. If I'd have had any bugs, and if I did have any, it killed every one of them going down, I guarantee you. They didn't have to dewarm me when they got through with it. So I'm, I'm sitting in the back of this car, you know, and we're driving along, and all of a sudden, you know, after about 10 minutes or so, the trees started going around. And the telephone pole started leaning over, you know, and I was telling Randy, I said, the telephone pole is going to fall. The trees are turning. They started laughing at me. They said, no, you're getting drunk. I had never been drunk. I'd never been around that. I didn't know what drunk meant. But all of a sudden, everything started spinning. My world started spinning. I felt like the car was spinning. They told me it wasn't. I tried to get them to stop, and they wasn't wouldn't stop they said we can't stop we're on a major highway out here i said this whole thing spinning the whole world spinning and then all of a sudden i think they call it regurgitating in the city but we flat call it puking in the country i puked till i like to have died all that white chevelle turned pukey yellow <laughs> down the passenger side i mean because everything i had in there started coming up and I got so sick, I was afraid that I would not die. In fact, I started trying to get right with God in the back seat. I said, God, if you'll bring me out of this, I'll never do it again till the next day. But anyway, <laughs> I'll never do it again. You know how all of us have been there. I'll never do it again. So my head's a spinning. And so that introduced me to alcohol. And then that kind of, we kind of eased on into that, you know. Thank you for joining us for the Word and Spirit podcast with Reverend Randall Greer. Join us next time when Reverend Greer brings us the Word of God. And remember, God is with us.